Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the End Time Tribune, covering breaking news and current events as it pertains to Bible prophecy. In effect, chronicling the coming of Christ the King. Hey, what's going on? Not too much, man. Just uh, watching the world crash and burn. <laughs> well, you and I were just talking, and uh, you know, you were under the assumption that we couldn't uh, just record on the uh, fly. But um, everything you and I were d- discussing before this happened, you know, I-, I want you to commentate on everything that. I mean, as as far as I'm concerned, the events of the day could be dubbed uh, Operation Groundhog's Day. And, I mean, no, really. So, what's your thoughts about everything that's happened today? And please, detail what has happened today. Well, you know, I mean, the, the first and foremost is everyone's going to be talking about the Republican memo that, that came out that, you know, is supposed to say that the CIA, CIA, FBI, Department of Justice is completely biased against Trump and that this is a witch hunt and that we should actually start questioning the um, validity of our intelligence agencies. Well, the problem is, is that's going to stem across the globe. We just, we've lost all credibility from the standpoint of the president compared to countries across the globe. And now our intelligence agencies are going to come into question. But that's not the big news of the day. The, the big news of the day is what was happening with the markets. Now, now we had talked last week on the, the show, um, and, and I explained, you know, what was going to happen this week. And, uh, um, you know, I, I don't necessarily like to be correct, but in this instance, I was. Um, we knew that the local and state um, governments were going to sell off their um, stocks to buy bonds this week. We we knew that because, well, they needed to take the profit. They needed to put it in something safe because there was speculation that the market was going to tank. Well, that started on Sunday. And the reason I say on Sunday is you can see how the, in an essence, the plunge protection team inflated the market up 250 points before the market opened on Monday. And typically that is done when they anticipate a decline in the market. And that's what happened on Monday is the market ended down 180 points. So realistically, the market dropped 430 points on Monday. Realistically, if they hadn't inflated at 250 points before then, then it would have dropped that much. Well, then again, on Tuesday, it ended, I think it was down another 380 points. So right there, we're close to a drop of 800 points in those two days. Well, then, you know, we have the State of the Union come out on Wednesday and, and people are excited, you know, and, and the market went up, you know, I think it was a 70 point, um, or actually it was 30 points. And then after the State of the Union on Thursday, the market went up 70 points. So, you know, everyone's like, oh, well, you know, it's just a blurb. Well, today we should have seen an increase 
in what people were saying because we had a positive earnings report come out from a lot of companies. We had unemployment, according to the president of the United States, is the best that the you know, United States has ever had, um, which we're starting to see that that's not necessarily true. But if you just go off of those two reports, typically if earnings reports are good and the unemployment report is good, then the market should go up. But the market didn't today. The market tanked. And a tank, <laughs> a very, very interesting number. And to, to put it in a better way, the market tanked 666. Um, that by itself would just get people's attention going, oh, this is coincidence. This is interesting. This is crazy. Well, you have to take in consideration back in 2008, on September 29th, right when the market was going to collapse in 2008, the market had the decline of 777 on that date. That was the beginning of the crisis that happened in 2008. So then today, on the day that the memo got released, the day that we knew that there was going to be a massive decline, that most economists have been saying there's going to be a decline or there's going to be a correction that happens to the market, we have a decline of 666. So, you know, the conspiracy theorists out there are going to say, wow, you know, I mean, the, the memo being released, you know, on the same day that the market dropped 666, that has to be an indication of the deep state or whatever you want to twist it as. But <laughs> the fact of the matter is it dropped. We also have Bitcoin that has been tanking to the point that it has dropped from a point of $20,000 per coin to 8600 in two months. So the poor individuals that went through and took out second mortgages or home equity loans on their houses or cash advances on their credit cards to buy Bitcoin, well, I, I told you not to. And unfortunately, those that did so now took out debt to buy an asset that is losing value drastically. Um, when you listen to the commentators on the TV, and I listen to them all day today, is they basically were saying, don't worry about the market. You know, it's a good time. Keep your money in the market. You know, it's, it's going to go back up. You know, it's, it's, it's okay. This is normal. This is a blip. You know, this is fine. Okay, well, let me put it to you this way. In the last 18 years, the, the Dow has dropped over 600 points eight times. That's it in the last 18 years. So with the analysts saying that this is normal, that this is nothing to worry about, <laughs> Well, you can believe them if you want to, or you can actually look into what history has shown, and that's not necessarily the case that this is normal. If this is normal, then this would happen every, you know, couple months, you know, and in an essence, it probably should have. But they have been overinflating the market for a long time. We know that they have been doing quantitative easing. And the, the other the other thing that's interesting with these commentators is all of them are saying, well, it's because interest rates are going up. Interest rates are going up. The Fed met on the 31st, and they did not raise interest rates. They don't anticipate doing that till March. So why today on February 2nd would they anticipate the market going down because interest rates are going to go up in March? It doesn't make sense. So those of you that want to believe what the talking heads are telling you, keep your money in the market. Don't worry. Everything's going to be okay. <laughs> but then pay attention to the futures market. Pay attention to Bitcoin over the weekend because Bitcoin trades 24-7. It's constantly being able to be bought, sold, everything. The futures market it will show up on Sunday. 
I mean, we will be able to see if they anticipate the market continuing to go down on Monday, and then the futures will be in a very negative way. And then this may, this sell-off or whatever, this correction or whatever you want to call it, could continue on to next week as well. So put it to you this way. We knew there was going to be a drop this week. We have a drop of 850 points that happened on Monday and Tuesday. We have another 666 that happened today. So the market lost 1,300 points in one week. So if you want to believe that's normal, then take that risk yourself. If not, then the average consumer is probably going to get a little skittish. They're probably going to think, oh, my 401k is going to go down. Everyone's talking about a correction happening, and I see it happening on the same day that we may have massive turmoil within the political system because the Senate Intelligence Committee voted to release this Republican memo, which they released today, but they voted not to release the rebuttal from the Democrats. So you know that that's going to come to light. That's going to be a big talking point this weekend of how that's biased. And all it's going to do is cause more dissension, more division between our political system. So great. The economy's taken and our political system being torn in half. Um, Operation Groundhog is off to a great start. Well, you know, let, let's talk about this. Um, if this is using distractionary tactics, we have some serious things in the news as we speak. Um, I've been checking uh, the news here because Brian brought it to my attention earlier uh, that all of a sudden we're having uh, the United States Defense Secretary Jim Mattis come out and say that uh, we're worried that they're going to use uh, sarin gas in Syria. So we need to invade them. Okay, and in the article, the one that I got from Reuters, it uh, he come out and said that uh, we don't have any evidence for sarin gas use. We just need to, uh, well, here's a direct quote. What I am saying is that there's other groups on the ground, NGOs, fighters on the ground, have said that sarin's gas has been used, so we are looking for evidence. Uh, so this operation Groundhog's Day is is it trying to cover up military action? Is it trying to create a distra a distraction for the markets? At this point in time, uh, it's really kind of a dance on glass as to what this could be covering up. But you immediately uh, brought up something else at the end of our conversation. Um, you mentioned that, uh, and of course I didn't even know it, I don't even, I didn't even know who's playing. Of course everybody laughs at me whenever uh, the Super Bowl was in the town I was living in and I didn't even realize they had played it. But the Super Bowl is coming up. Uh, and you pointed out something very interesting Tell us about the teams that's even going to be playing. Well, you know, if you are into symbolism in any way, the two most iconic symbols of the American empire um, are the eagle and the patriot. I mean, it just makes sense that that's what the, the typical American or typical 
person of the United uh, of the world realizes those are two symbols of the United States. And it's interesting considering all these speculation that the NFL's rigged. And, you know, there's been numerous plays that have come out that said, you know, that um, they, they do it for ratings, they do it for certain reasons. Well, okay, if you follow that, that line, then you have these two teams meeting in Minnesota. Now, I actually was in Minnesota watching the building of the stadium. This is a brand new stadium, first year that it was created. And, I mean, we're, we're going to go off into the conspiracy theorist kind of realm, but there's speculation that there may be a false flag or an attack or something that happens at the Super Bowl. Now, <laughs> hopefully that's not true. Hopefully none of this happens. But with what's going on around the world, we, we can't disregard anything. It's always a possibility. Um, you know, there's, you know, you go down the conspiracy realm and people say that the, the World Trade Center was set to rig to blow. You know, that you can see it was a, a, a controlled demolition. Well, <laughs> I'm hoping that's not the case for the Super Bowl, but there's a lot of chatter going on that this may be the case that this brand new stadium that was created in Minneapolis may may something may happen there. And the fact that this is going on today, the market dropping 666, the memo being released that is going to just cause a lot of turmoil in our political system. And then the Super Bowl, it, it just, it, everything is just kind of getting eerie. You do have time. I do have time. You do have time. Well, let let me throw this in here. Um, we know that. Uh, well, let's just admit this: that this is obviously providing the conspiracy theorist with the perfect. Um, how do I want to put it? With the perfect combination. Uh by which they can make a potion to just distract the masses. And I looked up, uh, naturally, you bring into question, well, what's going to be the Super Bowl halftime performance? I guess it's being done by someone called Pink. Now, I'm not sure uh, what that person is or what's going to go on, but we know that uh, the conspiracy theorists love to jump on the Super Bowl halftime uh, show and say that uh, you know it's all about Illuminati symbolism. So I just wonder uh, what kind of antics are going to be done uh, since the last one. Because we always hear about this uh, from the crusading conspiracy theorists. Uh, anything to distract you from what's important. So what do you know of this pink, and have you heard anything about uh, what the Super Bowl halftime show is going to be about? You know, to to be honest, I was actually thinking about boycotting the Super Bowl this year. I'm a... I'm a huge uh, New Orleans Saints fan, and I'm I just I don't want to even watch the Patriots try to win those Super Bowls. So I was kind of thinking that. So I haven't even looked into the halftime show 
um, what is being played or what kind of symbolism is going to be used. Now, we know from prior Super Bowl halftime shows, yeah, there, there has been lots of symbolism of, you know, the Illuminati or, you know, these underground societies or whatever you want to say, but people have had a heyday with those. And there's numerous videos all through the Internet of, of this symbolism. Um, and so it would make sense, you know, if there was going to have some kind of false flag or some kind of event that happened during the Super Bowl that, you know, the Super Bowl halftime performance would have something to kind of play with that. Well, just looking here on the internet, I see she is a big uh, outspoken uh, for the LGBT rights. She supports same-sex marriage and PETA, uh, as far as that goes. Uh, so, with that in mind, uh, I'm sure this is going to be um, as anti-Christian as possible to get these crusading conspiracy theorists all riled up uh, to distract the bride as much as absolutely possible. But with this injection of sear and gas into the equation, and now Brian also just told me that here, I think this week, uh, that some representative uh, quit the administration, because they felt that uh, we were going to attack North Korea no matter what. So I'm not sure if this uh, this politician had something to do with the White House administration or not, but I guess they resigned, and I didn't know anything about it. But you have this thing about war, and then – Clinton, let's be honest. There's no reason for us to lie. They can go back and listen to – the End Time Tribune, for themselves, and hear that you you stated this very thing with the bonds and the stocks were going to happen this week. I mean, they can go back and listen to you describe it. And Brian even countered you and said, you know, well, why don't you talk about that? And it led us into like a 45-minute diatribe, I believe, where you went into this in-depthly. So if it wasn't for Brian uh, pulling uh, you know, your attention to it, uh, we might not have covered it extensively as we did, but this is boiling up to be a major distraction because this – let's be honest, Clinton. Whatever comes about with this memo, they're not going to do anything about it. Okay. Nobody's going to get fired. It really doesn't matter. There never will be a Senate inquiry. Nobody will go to jail. <laughs> if they do, it'll be a scapegoat. And the simple fact that uh, the government hired a foreign spy – now, this is this is for real – hired a British spy – to investigate another member of the United States government. Uh, people should be going to – look, uh, people that paid for this should be going to jail. Uh, people in the government should be going to jail. Uh, people in the FBI should be going to jail. People in the Justice Department should be going to jail. 
But none of that will happen, and you and I know it. So I really am concerned if all of these distractions are going to uh, reveal some really bad either military action or soon-to-be financial action. That's my thoughts on it. I don't know how else to perceive it because this is just the perfect combination for the crusading conspiracy theorists to jump all over. 666, the memo, the Super Bowl halftime. I mean, this is an entertainment extravaganza to distract the bride as she tries to prepare her garments. That's that's what I see. And then also, I mean, think of it think of it this way. Um, if all this stuff is coming out is true and there is treason to this kind of level and they are going to pursue it and say this memo is actually the catalyst or the reason that the Trump administration has been looking for to start going after individuals, <laughs> do they really think they're going to have a budget approved by Thursday? Like we, we seriously have till Thursday to approve the budget and <laughs> to keep the government running. So, so, so we have that on our plate as well. So yeah, this is going to cause major turmoil. And I, I, Unfortunately, if you look at what's going on with a lot of the politicians, is there's, there's massive amounts of them not running for re-election. They're retiring or they're just not running again. And, you know, the speculation is, well, there's dirt on them. They're, that's the reason they're not going to keep this cush job where they get to have, you know, you know benefits that for the rest of their life, that they get a guaranteed paycheck the rest of their life. You know, that's the reason that they are not going to continue with this job is because there's dirt on them. Now, if that is correct, then, yeah, if they start trying to arrest Congressman Sanders, then we're going down that path. Now, if they do not try to arrest these individuals, the media has already divided this nation drastically. You talk to anyone and or you look on Twitter or look on Facebook and it's all, wow, the liberals did this or oh, the conservatives did this or the deplorables did this or, you know, it's just everyone hates each other. Everyone absolutely hates each other. So if they do not start rounding people up and arresting these congressmen or senators for these bribes or whatever else they're doing, then you may have more of what happened with this train that happened, I believe it was on Wednesday, where you have 12 Republican senators and congressmen on a private chartered train that has security the whole way that is uh, supposedly escorted by a helicopter. And we don't know for sure if the giant trash truck was on the train tracks or if it rammed the train. There's reports of both of those. But the fact is, if you have it, you know, escorted by security, neither one of them should have happened. Well, this train was was derailed, and those senators and congressmen's lives were put in jeopardy. So <laughs> we don't know why. We don't know how that happened because the only person that died was the driver of the trash truck. That's the only person that died. So we'll never know the answer to why that happened or how that happened. But the timing is very interesting. 
the day after the State of the Union, the day before this memo is released, there is a possible attempt on 12 Republicans' lives. So, yeah, we're, we're stuck in a very difficult situation because either they have to go after these individuals that have been committing crimes, and there's enough evidence out to say, yes, they have been. Either they go after them or they don't, and then you run the risk of vigilantes doing the same exact thing that possibly happened with this train. Let me ask you about this this February 8th, February 9th thing we got going on. Uh, I understand this, this has a lot to do with the country's budget. I, I mean, uh, let me just ask you that. What are your thoughts about this uh, window of opportunity that we're going to stumble into here in just a few short days? <laughs> it's a joke. Um, if you think about it, the Democrats won't budge unless they have a, um, an immigration plan put together. Supposedly, there was one created on January 15th. I think it's H.R. Um, 3497 or something like that. Um, I'll, I'll get the exact number um, you know, for the show on this weekend. Um, but basically, the immigration plan put together is going to make it to where um, every U.S. citizen um, – or everyone that wants to work will have to have a national ID card that has some kind of biometrics on it, either, you know, facial scan, you know, retina scan, DNA, something like that, or you cannot have a job. Like that is what they are considering in this for the immigration reform. So, okay, that's going to be another thing that the conspiracy theorists are going to love because they're going to say, okay, well, this is the mark. You know, and, and there's a possibility maybe it is or it ushers it in. The timing, again, is very interesting. So you have that coming down the pipe. Well, the Democrats have said that they won't budge on anything unless they handle the whole DACA issue. And either they handle it now or they have to handle it before the deadline on March 5th. So it's not like they have a lot of time not to handle it. So they need to do that. Then you have Trump. You know, in a State of the Union talking about how he's going to fix everything, you know, he's, he's going to spend $1.5 trillion on infrastructure, you know, rebuilding our roads and bridges. You know, he's going to spend another 800 and something billion dollars on the military. We're going to spend another $250 million or billion dollars on the wall, or I should say a portion of the wall. So just on those three projects, we're already getting up to $2.5 trillion this year, just on those three projects. Our national budget is $20 trillion. So if he plans on doing everything he talked about in the State of the Union, he's going to be asking for a budget of $5 to $10 trillion for this year, which would increase our to $25 or $30 trillion. Do you really think the Democrats are going to give in to that? I don't think anyone with the right mind would give in to that. But from the other standpoint – it's, it's kind of a necessity. If you understand that the dollar is on its way down, that, and, and you can see reports everywhere where they're talking about the dollars being weakened, how Japan and the European Union are very upset saying that we're attacking their currency because we're devaluing a dollar again, which means they have to devalue theirs. You know, so we, we have this already happening. So if we know that the dollar is going to lose its value, 
and it's inevitable, then you need to spend it as fast as you can. And you need to spend it on stuff that can actually help. So like building bridges, roads, stuff like that, that's the ideal situation. Spend the money on something that's actually going to help our infrastructure to help us survive this time that is coming. Well, A, they should have done that 10 years ago because, well, it takes forever to build a bridge. It takes forever to build a, 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 you know, a road, a highway. So putting the money into it now, eh, not necessarily going to affect anything. And then plus you have to sell that to the lawmakers. You have to sell it to the Senate and Congress to say, hey, you know, we know that the dollar is going to resort down to zero. It's not going to be worth anything. And, and we have possibly a short amount of time to do this. So we need to spend as much money as we can. So let's open up the printing press to basically 33% to our deficit in one year just because, you know, we, we know that the dollar is dying. <laughs> Any salesman, the best salesman in the world couldn't sell that. And that's what Trump is trying to sell Congress. That's what he's trying to sell the Senate is we need to spend money like it's going out of style. And he has until Thursday to do that. And I don't see any indication that that is going to happen. And the possibility of doing another three week, you know, temporary budget approval. <laughs> well, the market just tanked 666 today. It's dropped 1300 points this week. If they do another temporary budget extension, how do you think the market's going to react to that? They're not going to react favorably. So <laughs> what's coming up this next week could be a very, very negative indicator for everything. Now, we're going to need to watch the, the futures market on Sunday night to see how the market's going to open on Monday, to watch all the talking heads this weekend to see how they twist this memo and, and the fight between the, the right and the left and how all that stems out. Because unless they can come together by Thursday to fix immigration, to come up with a budget, but before they can even come up with a budget, they have to vote to remove the debt ceiling. So you have three major legislation events that have to happen in the next four days or, you know, four working days because they're not going to work over the weekend. Otherwise, they're going to shut the government down. And what we've seen from the Senate and Congress is, well, it took them a, a year to pass one thing. So, so the chances of it happening by Thursday are very, very slim. Very slim. You know, that seems to be the the string here, the string that ties all of this news together. It's very thin, I think. So I'm glad we took time to talk about this as the news broke today, you know. Clinton, we just had this super blue moon eclipse. And it makes you wonder what's going to happen between now and the next lunar eclipse. It really does. It really does make you wonder. Because everything we've talked about today, everything's in question. I mean, we know what happens when our government comes out and says... Uh, somebody's 
using, you know, uh, chemical weapons. Remember, Clinton, that's what started our invasion of Iraq, was weapons of mass destruction, remember? And here we go again. When Iran, Turkey, um, Syria themselves all don't want the United States military there, and now we're just – we've got the perfect Trump card. We used it before. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, don't you remember that after killing a million Iraqi civilians, uh, we couldn't find any evidence of weapons of mass destruction being used? Well, right now, <laughs> you have to come to grips with the simple fact that uh, this is real and, and happening in real time again. The world steps up and says, no, you got no business in a country, and we just come up and we just invent chemical weapons. And the Secretary, the Secretary of Defense come right out and said in the article, by the way, we don't have any proof. Well, we already proved. We don't need proof. So we're using the perfect trump card because we've used it before. Clinton, do you not see that? Oh, I definitely do. And then you, you take in consideration what Turkey is doing and how they are, you know, basically making a massive sweep on the northern part of Syria, um, which is heading towards a city that has American troops stationed. Um, and then you also have yesterday Israel actually <laughs> actually bombed some ISIS targets in southern Syria. So, so Syria is being collapsed by Turkey and Israel as we speak. So, yeah, the sarin gas is just the same thing. I mean, they tried to do this like two years ago or a year ago or both, um, where they you know, said that Assad actually came out and did the sarin gas attack. And they just recently, I think in the last week, came out saying, yes, for sure he did it, even though Russia's come out numerous times saying, no, it's actually the, the rebels that did it. Um, it just depends on which news source you want to actually look at to see which one is which. But you can see the narrative is exactly the same. The playbook never changes. It's, it's the same playbook that they have been using for years. Um, I mean, the, you want to really, really get interested in, in how this playbook is done. You can see that through the years what they have done is they have either – empowered the rebel groups to take over governments or they empowered the military to do a military coup this has happened throughout the middle east it's happened in libya it happened you know you can see everywhere where the united states has actually done this well it looks like they're getting ready to do the same thing in venezuela the reason that i say this is rex tillerson came out yesterday saying that he anticipates that the military is probably going to take over the venezuelan government it's interesting that he said that on the very day that Venezuela announced that they are going to start selling their cryptocurrency on February 28th. And this cryptocurrency is backed by the largest oil reserve in the world, which is Venezuela has. To kind of stir the pot a little bit more, this cryptocurrency, this oil that is going to be backing it, 
recently, half of that just got given to Russia. Venezuela was in massive debt. They were defaulting on their loan. So going into December, they actually defaulted. And so to actually pay their debt is they made an agreement with the Russian government to give them half of their largest oil company in exchange for some money to pay off their debt. And then directly afterwards, they're going to release a cryptocurrency that is backed by the same exact oil. And then the day they do that, the Secretary of State says that he anticipates the military taking over Venezuela. How do you think Russia is going to respond when we try to take out their newly acquired oil reserves in Venezuela? How do you think Russia is going to respond when we try to take out Assad because of the sarin gas or whatever else they want to bring in? <laughs> How do you think Russia is going to respond when we do a preemptive attack against North Korea, which is saying they are saying that this is more and more likely to happen? We are trying to poke the bear. We are trying to provoke the bear in every way that we can. This whole event in Syria is not necessarily to get Assad out of power. It, that's part of it. Yeah, we want to put in our puppet government so we can put a pipeline through Syria. We know that. That's why Russia stepped in. Is They know that as well. They wanted to make sure that the United States did not control Syria, that they did not control that important area where the pipeline was going to go directly through. So that's why they stepped in. They're already invested in that. They're not going to allow us to take it over. And they're not going to allow Israel to take it over either. And unfortunately, unfortunately, that is headed in that direction. It's recently come out just in, in the last week. I mean, Hezbollah and Israel have been going back and forth, back and forth, just talking to each other. And this whole thing in, in Lebanon is starting to get crazy because Israel is actually talking about invading Lebanon. So Israel is on the warpath. They are ready to do to be the United States battering ram in the Middle East. They are ready for that. We have Central America that is starting to unravel as well. The elections in Honduras have there's massive protests because they say the election was rigged. We have um uh, shootings in uh, in Colombia, where a police station was ambushed, and I know four police officers were killed. And the same thing happened in uh, um, Ecuador, where I think it was 44 police officers were, were assassinated at, at uh, a police station there. So this push for a wall may be justified. You know, we, we have, if the military takes over Venezuela, if the rest of South America and Central America blows up like it's looking like then there's one direction that those refugees are going to head we've seen this same playbook played in syria this is the russian playbook this is what russia does they they use refugees as a weapon to deteriorate the economies of those that they are against look at what what the refugee problem has happened in in europe that is by design the same thing is being designed in South America right now. And if you think we're going to be able to build a wall in enough time to stop this, well, let me put it to you this way. About two years ago, when the whole shebang happened in Ukraine, 
Russia came out and said, United States, if you start giving weapons to Ukraine, which we did, we, we are still giving weapons to Ukraine, we never backed down. Russia's threat was, if you give weapons to Ukraine, we will back the cartel in Mexico. So what has happened? The violence in Mexico is off the charts. The cartel, there's massive graves they're finding. There's, like I, I saw the other day, there was a shootout where 25 people got killed in a shootout from the cartel. Like, it's getting crazy down there. So this, this whole, like, quandrum of problems all across the globe yeah, you can focus on just Assad and the Syrian gas that are going on there. And yeah, that is definitely a flashpoint. We have a flashpoint in Venezuela. You have a flashpoint in North Korea. And there's a strong possibility all of them go off at the same time. Now, the fact that the Olympics start on Friday plays into as well. You know, North Korea was going to have a, a joint exercise. They were going to have a joint you know, hockey team, and they were going to do all this stuff with South Korea. They even allowed, you know, their halftime show, or I can't remember who it was, but they, they allowed North Koreans to come into South Korea and get a tour, and, you know, so they can see everything. <laughs> and then they pull out. Then they say they're not going to do it. They're not going to do any kind of joint thing with South Korea. So what is the implications of these tours? You know, were were they reconnaissance? Were they scouting it out? All this is in play. You know, so everything together. You see that everything is coming to a head. And everyone is starting to see it. When they show it in the stock market, that is when they want everyone to see it. Because that affects everyone on a personal level. You touch people's money, they pay attention. So today, you just got touched. Well, let me throw this in the mix. Uh, this is going to probably take you by surprise, but January 31st, the very day of the eclipse, this was the headline in USA Today. Um, well, I'm not going to read that. I, that, that, that um, let me rephrase it correctly. Extreme weather already threatens 50% of U.S. military sites. So I flip over uh, to get the real stats, and this is what we're talking about. Now, this is just released. Um, this document um, was prepared by the Office of the Undersecretary of Defense, okay? And uh, this is hard to believe, but Clinton, were you aware that extreme weather had damaged 782 Department of Defense properties this this past year? No, not at all. Okay, this is what it come out with. 763 sites had wind damage, 706 sites uh, had flood damage and storm surge, extreme cold had damaged 351 sites, and wildfire had damaged 210 sites. Now, now listen. Just under half of the surveyed sites, 1,684, reported no damage. I hope you understand what I just said, Clinton. It was just released. Over half of all Department of Defense sites were, were damaged recently. 
Now, that throws things into a different light, doesn't it? I had no idea. But in the backdrop of all this, we've, we've talked about possible military action. We've talked about possible financial action. And we are forgetting that it was already released in the news, Clinton, that the U.S. government has already got problems with the budget without 2017 being the uh, most destructive year on uh, the insurance books. You know, I've already talked about this on the End Time Tribune. And maybe uh, maybe we need to put that into the mix. Well, it's just going to mean that we have to print more money and spend more money. I mean, because we, we can't necessarily go to war if our bases are already damaged. We, we can't go to war if we don't have the ability to fight back. And, well, <laughs> I think we've fooled ourselves to believe that we can sit behind a computer screen and push buttons and that's how we're going to conduct ourselves with war. And we forget that, well, no one wins when there's war. Like every side loses. Every side is destroyed. Every side has massive losses. And if we do go to war and I mean, we've been talking about, it, it looks like every indication is that we are headed to some kind of conflict. This the weapons that are going to be used are insane. Absolutely insane. I saw a report yesterday where China came out with a rail gun that is mounted to a warship. This rail gun is huge. And it looks like if it shoots one of these giant nails or whatever it is, it looks like it can sink a ship. The kind of weapons that we are going to have if there is a conflict. We're talking about massive destruction on a scale that we as humans have never seen. You know, I, I always go back to a quote that, that Albert Einstein said. He goes, I, I know not what weapons are fought during World War III, but I guarantee World War IV will be fought with sticks and stones. Well, Clinton, this is straight from the National Resource Defense Center. This was the headline. Um uh, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration announced that 2017 shattered all records for the most costly extreme weather in United States history. Uh, it, it, it is amazing what I'm looking at, uh, the amount of money involved. Everything is entered into the red zone, hasn't it? Everything is, is has become extreme, Clinton. Everything. Look to the left. Look to the right. Turn around and look behind you. The very ground we're standing on, everything is being pushed to the red line. And I just wonder... Because you realize the DOD damaged sites is not going to be reported in the insurance uh, records. 
I wonder how much damage was incurred uh, on those DOD sites. Now, I, I read to you the data, over half of them. And we've only been told the billions of dollars that just the natural disasters caused on uh, commercial and residential. Nobody ever talked about the military repairs that were going to have to be made. And this being the case, do, do you understand what I'm trying to say? It doesn't matter where you look. Everything's being ramped up. Uh, everything is pushing the red line. It's pushing the envelope. And surely I'm not the only one that can see this. I mean, surely. Yeah, we are absolutely broke. We are absolutely broke as a country. I mean, just a startling statistic. 67% of Americans have less than $1,000 in the bank account. So, so two-thirds of our population of the richest country in the world could not afford to fix their car if it broke down, could not afford an emergency purchase of some sort. That is the state of the general public. But yet, in that same spectrum, we have Ford is saying their $90,000 SUVs are selling like hotcakes. Okay? So, so the, the concentration of wealth has been given to the top. They are so disconnected with what is going on in the world that they believe all the reports coming out that we have the best unemployment rate, that uh, interest rates are down, that everything is looking great. Well, when you look at true economic indicators, you look at the amounts that the insurance companies have spent. You look at the damages that to the, the Department of Defense, and like you just mentioned with the bases, you, you look at the depleting infrastructure that we have, and then the massive losses that we've had in the stock market and in, the, um, in Bitcoin as well, complete disconnect. So you have a large portion of the United States that is broke. Two-thirds of the United States is broke. The government is broke. State governments are broke. Pension plans are broke. Social Security is broke. Medicare and Medicaid don't have any money. So those of you that believe that everything is going to be hunky-dory and great and that uh, the President of the United States, Donald Trump, is going to be your messiah and save you and make everything wonderful, make America great again, well, I, I'm sure that you have more than $1,000 in your bank account. You're probably part of those that one-third that is wealthy, that's doing okay. Because, well, if you were really feeling the pinch, you've been unemployed for years, or you're having a hard time paying rent because your rent is going through the roof, or you can't buy a house because a fixer-upper is four hundred fifty thousand dollars then you actually understand what's going on with this economy. And you take that and you put it into the spectrum of now we're going to have to fund a military to the point of 800-something billion dollars. I, I uh, was surprised when I saw a news report that I was looking at the other day. And uh, when Bush Jr. asked for $80 billion to go to war with Afghanistan after 9-11, everyone freaked out. $80 billion, it's so much money, $80 billion. 
how can we give $80 billion to go to war in Afghanistan? And then you have Donald Trump asking for $800 billion for the military. So, yeah, just put that in perspective of what is heading for us. This, this plan to spend money to help with our infrastructure, to help build our bases, to help whatever it may be, is a facade. Because all the money is going to be funneled into the military. And all of you that are doing well, that uh, have more than $1,000 in your bank account, that are looking at the, the Dow going, oh, well, I, I just lost so much money because it, it dropped so much, hold on to your hat. Because it's going to continue because it has to continue. You know, the, the talking heads are saying, you know, that, um, you know, things are going to go back up. Keep your, you keep your money in there. Well, all the major, like, state governments and, and, you know, local governments pull their money out and put it in bonds. They're not going to then pull it out of the bonds and put it back in the stock market. That's just, you just don't make a move like that. So, yeah, you're absolutely correct. We are in a situation where everything is in the red. Everything you look at is in the red. If you look at the economic indicators, if you're a financial analyst and you're just looking at all the numbers that come out of those indicators, it's showing you a rosy picture. Everything is great. Everything is going to be wonderful. And you fail to realize that, well, we've been pumping in $80 billion a month into the bond market for years, years. And they came out saying that they are going to stop doing that. And everyone keeps asking for a definitive date. And, well, they came out recently and just said, well, they plan on September. That's when they're going to stop pumping up the bond market, pumping up that bubble. So they're deflating the stock market, and then they'll deflate the bond market. I mean, it's, it's a game. It's an absolute game. And so, yeah, we are absolutely broke. And we have one option, either A, well, actually, we have a couple options. A, we, we let it continue this way, and we collapse, and, and uh, we are no longer the United States that we used to be. Or we go to war and try to sweep everything under the rug and, and take over what we need to, the assets that we need to, to sustain our way of life. That is the choice that we have as Americans today. Well, Clinton, let me put this into perspective, okay? The Gulf War cost $61 billion. Now, the United States uh, contributed, from what I'm getting, $16 billion. Okay? What would the United States have done if the prior year the damage from weather and climate disasters was $306 billion. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm looking right at the figures. I'm looking right at the figures. Let me say that again. In 2017, weather damage came to 306 billion let's go back to the gulf war the gulf war in its totality is on record of costing 61 billion now 
U.S. and allies provided $54 billion. Kuwait, Saudi Arabia, and other Gulf states covered $36 billion. So back then, during the Gulf War, uh, we spent $16 billion on that war. Uh, let's think back to the Bush administration the week uh, that they were talking about the budget the year before. Doesn't everybody realize that if that would that kind of catastrophic damage had been on George Bush's budget, there'd have been no way we would have done the Gulf War. And right now that's what we're talking about. Uh we have people in government resigning because they, they say it's a done deal. We're going to invade North Korea. We're talking about uh, Syria having weapons of mass destruction. They're talking about the budget, and in the budget they're not even including what natural disasters have done. We could very well be heading toward a Salah tsunami. That's all I got to say. It looks like to me we are headed for a Salah moment, if God ever had one planned for us. I mean, surely the American people realize that you do any kind of contract work for the DOD, oh, you immediately triple your bid, then submit it. I should know. I've done it. Everybody knows this. Clinton has made it perfectly clear this country is in financial trouble. We don't need to be going to war with anybody, but that's obviously where we're going. And nobody really cares because they've already got their uh, seats for the Super Bowl. All of them. I mean, my God, they didn't travel to go see Grandma for Christmas. They didn't get flying rip about her, but uh, make no mistakes about it. If the buddies don't come over to watch the Super Bowl on their big screen TV, seats provided <laughs> in the living room, there will be World War III. I mean, this is the perfect atmosphere for the crusading conspiracy theorists to create the chemical compounds required for a weapon of mass distraction. Mass distraction. I mean, Clinton, let's... Why don't you mention the news article I sent you yesterday, and uh, before you even ask me, I just sent you a text that I just knew where to look. Cover the ramifications of that news article that you looked at, just from one state. I mean, all of our grandmas need Medicaid, Clinton. 
Yeah, and it's that's what's scary. Um, is the the article that you sent me yesterday uh, indicated the the state of uh, I think it was Indiana. Um, I'm trying to find it real quick so I can see. Um, yeah, just had it. Um, but basically, it was the state of uh, I think it was Indiana, and they were cutting Medicare drastically to the point that I think 24,000 people lost their Medicare coverage just because. Um, yeah, it's right here. It's it was 25,000 people in Indiana had their Medicaid coverage dropped um, for failure to pay the premiums. Now we've talked about this before. This is this is by design. You know, I mean, we we have um, reports that they have a cure for cancer. They, they were actually testing it to where they can inject it in the body and it'll go to cancer cells and kill the cancer cells. We have reports that Alzheimer's may actually be cured. We have reports that all these diseases that have affected, you know, many, many, many humans, many individuals for, for all of our existence are being cured. But in the same token, then it seems like only those that are wealthy are going to be able to afford it. Only those that are wealthy are going to be able to afford the health coverage to be able to have these. And so if you make it to where people can't afford to have health care, you get rid of Medicare and Medicaid, you make it to where CHIP expires, or they almost did, um, then you have these issues to where you have the sick, the elderly, those that actually need the health care coverage, losing it. And that leads to one thing death and pestilence disease is going to spread because if you don't have health coverage, you're not going to go to the hospital to get the antibiotics or the treatment to get better. So you're going to continue spreading the disease. Oh wait, isn't that going on right now? I mean, we have reports of children and individuals dying of the flu at rates that we haven't seen in a very long time when it comes to the flu. So we already are seeing this. We already see the reason for this to depopulate or get rid of the elderly, the sick, and the poor. That is by well, design. So, well, Clinton, stop the bus. Let me read this headline um, that was published back in 2011. How has Magic Johnson survived 20 years with AIDS? Uh, he's not dead yet. Uh, everybody. No, and he and he hasn't got sick of it. Exactly. So, duh. Don't you realize, Clinton? I just proved what you just said. If you got the cash, you got the cure. I mean, duh. I mean, look, ladies and gentlemen, you know, it was here locally not too long ago that the night nurse at a local um, nursing home was fired because they found out they caught her, somebody got her on their iPhone, recorded it, uh, relatives coming in and paying this woman to speed up the death process so they could get their uh yeah 
insurance from Grandma's death. If you don't see where this is going, I don't know what to say. Clinton? I just have to say, how sick is that? You know, how, how sick of a society have we gotten to where we will cherish the God of money over the lives of our family, people that are suffering. And I understand the difficulties that are faced when you're in that time. But to accelerate death for the payout of the insurance policy to get money, I mean, you know, the, the more that we progress through this time, the more I see how, how we've lost our way, how we, we no longer care about what we are supposed to. And, you know, I just... I just think it's interesting, you know, how we can see this, this deterioration of our society, this deterioration of, of us as the stewards of this planet. You know, we, we were put here, and, and Scripture tells us we were put here to take care of this earth. We are told through Scripture to take care of each other. You know, I, I don't think people really realize it, but I, I, I wanted to bring it up. You know, this... <laughs> This super blue blood moon lunar eclipse thing that happened on January 31st actually happened on a Jewish holiday. It was a minor holiday, but it, it actually happened on a Jewish holiday. Yep. So um, because of the Jewish holiday that it appeared on, it was actually the day when God was reminding us that we were supposed to be the stewards of this land, of this earth, that we were supposed to take care of this land, of this earth. And, well, obviously we haven't. We haven't taken care of each other because otherwise we would take in consideration the fact that, well, he can't buy you happiness and it also can't buy you entrance into heaven, no matter how much they tell you. Amen. Amen. I know this. I really got serious questions about the next lunar eclipse we're going to get. This is going somewhere, Clinton. And this string of events is awful thin, I think. Well, I guess we'll call it an end point right there. Your closing comments, please, Clinton. Well, you know, I mean, this is kind of an impromptu. You know, Matthew and I believe that it was very important to to talk about what was going on in the in the world today. You know, with the release of this Republican memo, with the Dow losing six six six, and the relevance of what happened in two thousand eight when the market lost seven seven seven. I mean, you can look into anything as much as you want, but when coincidence after coincidence after coincidence keep happening, they keep lining up, and those events are foretold, then you have to realize that it's no longer coincidence at that point. 
it actually is pointing to events that are going to happen. And you can either stick your head in the sand like a groundhog, dig down in the hole, not come out of your hole like a groundhog, and not believe that anything is going to happen. Or you can stick your head out, see what's going on, and make sure that you are in order. Make sure that your robe is clean. Make sure your heart is in order. Make sure that you are building a relationship with your creator. Because, well, if we are living in this time, and scriptures made it clear that this time would be like this, then we may see our creator very, very soon. Now, everyone, if you want to see about these events or see about the news articles that we always talk about in the End Times Tribune, you can follow me on Twitter, uh, at Clinton Co-Watch, and I always post all, all the news articles so you can verify everything we say. And you can also come to my website at ClintonCoWatch.com. Thank you very much, and may God guide you on your journey. Ladies and gentlemen, consider all these things. And uh, Revelation, Revelation is replete with telling you that uh, you are going to have to reckon with your Creator because that's what Daniel chapter 7 verse 9 always meant. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, God bless. Godspeed.